to the races. Connected. We're off to the races. We're off to the Lorena McKinnon Lullaby Races with inspiring poetry and delivery. Oh, for a voice like thunder. senses are shaken and the soul is driven to madness, who can stand? When the souls of the oppressed fight in the troubled air that rages, who can stand? When the whirlwind of fury comes from the throne of God and the frowns of his countenance drive the nations together, who can stand? When sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death, when souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the slain, oh, who can stand? Oh, who hath caused this? Oh, who can answer at the throne of God? The kings and the nobles of the land have done it. Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. And a whole bunch of Sabbatee and Frank and Zionist Jews were helping him. There we go. I get Lorena tailing out here this morning. And wish the audience good Friday morning here. Roger Sales, your host. I will not have Mr. Brent Winters with us today, unfortunately. Uh, one of the very few times over all these years that uh, Brent is, because of things that are going on in his life, just flat been and not been able to join us. The last time, I think, was during COVID, and he had a Zoom trial or something, and the judge insisted on putting it on Friday. So anyway, Brent uh, is off dealing with clients and whatever else he's doing, and we'll miss him, but uh, doesn't mean we're void. We have info, we have education, we might even have some entertainment. Hell, you never know around here. Uh, we are, uh, of course, calling our little get-together at the Radio Ranch because all you good cowboys, cowgirls, and ranch hands that like to pull up and have a cup of coffee with us here in the morning, early in the morning out in California. Uh, so we're on a number of different platforms, and the keeper of the platform key is one Paul Beaner, aren't you? Yep. He's yep, the keeper. He's the keeper. Hey, good morning, Roger. We are on EurofolkRadio.com. That, of course, is the flagship station. And we're also mirroring the stream on radio.globalvoiceradio.net. And I'm going to try and find an easier way to get to those, uh, to get to those platforms and links. I, I have, I have so many different platforms and, and it, it's almost like a, like a puzzle piece to get to them. I got to make that easier. Uh, we're also on homenetwork.tv, WDRN Productions in Colorado has uh, homenetwork.tv and freedomnation.tv. And we're also on Anthony Berry 8625 TikTok and uh, Joe Lustica's 1776 ER Rumble. And that's one word, 1776 ER. For information on the topics discussed, uh, links, references, things like that, you can go to expose the matrix.com. 
There are also Chatango chat rooms. There's rogersales.chatango.com. The link is there on Expose the Matrix. There is also uh, PPN Radio Ranch Chatango.com, and that is also on Expose the Matrix. There are links to Joe Lustica's Rumble channel. That's uh, Joe Lustica, all one word, J-O-E-L-U-S-T-I-C-A. He's got literally tons of videos there on on every topic you can imagine. And there's also a Telegram group that is uh, run by uh, our uh, favorite Murka. And that's uh, right there. All those links are right there on that webpage. It's literally gold. It's a cornucopoly. Right What's that word? Cornucopoly. Cornucopoly of uh, resources. There. It's it's a it's a veritable plethora and cornucopia of good stuff. Cornucopia. That's the one I was looking for. There you go. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I wonder sometimes if people do stumble into these things somehow and if you don't really know what we're doing here it i think that you come away with a lot of it's a bunch of confusion and stuff because we get to that point uh occasionally uh and i hope that's not correct if you're new and listening there's some information of great substance here uh that can literally change your life if you're the right person and uh we welcome you especially the newer folks and there's a learning curve here i'm sorry it's just the way it is and uh you know just because free is in the word freedom it doesn't mean it's free okay and if you think you're going to be free by not doing anything and sitting around twiddling your thumbs and whatever else you do you're um badly mistaken takes a little work uh hard work well it it, it it, it, you know what it is, is people have to get their synapses fi- firing again. One of the things that this information does, and I was talking, I forget who I was talking to the other day about it, but what this does when you get in here, can you feel the way that this sharpens your thinking? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yes, you can. I mean, it sharpens your thinking, folks, because all of a sudden you're honed in on stuff like a laser beam before you used to generalize it. Now, because that's how you were conditioned, now you you laser pinpoint it and get right down to the essence of any question you're thinking about. And that's one of the real advantages here. That's the empowerment part of at least the empowerment process, I believe. And uh, I've seen it happen with me. I remember a friend of mine in Argentina, good friend, Michael, uh, uh, very dear to me. And uh, Michael said one one of these days he was making a saying something. He said, and Roger's razor sharp thinking. Okay. And the reason I've got razor sharp thinking is I've been dealing with this for 30 years. I didn't used to have razor sharp thinking. Okay, so it's this information. One of the additional attributes it does for you is it, uh, well, it really hones your thinking down to specifics and being able to take an issue that you might have uh, gotten distracted on a surface level previously in your life and you dig down right in it, you know, and go to the essence. What's, so, what's ahead, awesome, Roger, is that you're learning that there's different meanings of words and then you're also learning that. It's completely different from what we were taught. Yep. So, yep. And uh, I can't help. Guess what? 
um bruce 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 and mike hang on one second we, we got you we'll take you in order guess what we may not have brent withers winters with us today because he's got previous engagements but we do have uh, a hard-working producer extraordinaire francine with well us. francine likes to come hang around here on fridays so we we always welcome francine francine i will not ask you to play any music though okay so um <laughs> So uh, okay, we had uh, we had Bruce and Mike. So Bruce, what do you got? Well, Roger, I would uh, say that this is constructive thinking. Yeah, you're constructed to learn the right way of being free. Well, this is, there you go. On. You know, they use this little trick, this little equivocation trick so skillfully i mean i've mentioned it before when i first a listener called in and said what they're doing is called equivocation i had never heard that before okay listener got that to me i've gotten some great stuff from you listeners that have a piece of the puzzle i didn't have you know and so i go look at it and first place i went was webster's 1828 dictionary and it's got the definition there and in that particular page that i was looking at he had a note at the bottom of his definition some of them i'm not i don't know if he had all of them but there's a note at the bottom of this one from noah and he said this trick is often used by non-christians to fool christians that was 1828 folks this is not new okay they are very skilled at it, man. And when you think about it, here, the reason is that we think in concepts, and a word triggers a concept, okay? And so all they have to do is get you on the opposite definition of that concept embedded in your subconscious, and they use the word, and it's just like them leading you right down the path on a leash. Okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. Citizen of the United States, yes, yes. Resident, yes, yes, yes. Well, come on down here to the slave pit. We're going to put you in there. Uh, Very simple. I mean, it's ridiculously simple. When you explained, it was awesome. Um, you were talking about the how people, you know, get stubborn about God-given rights and that there's nothing else that they need to do. And yeah. I was going to tell you that um, I've run into a few of those, and I'm like, well, yes, we are. We do have those God-given rights, but we were deceptively, you know, educated and not told that the 14th Amendment was going to enslave us. You know, the way so that I'd approach, I'd approach those people, Mirka, and anybody in the audience and go, look, the real big picture here is Esau Edom has stolen his birthright back. I like that. That is the big, big, big picture right here. Okay. And, and I think people would understand it if they read the Bible, right? And yes. If, if, see, you know what I've noticed over the years, I can't pinpoint it for sure because it's not always correct. But uh, but it eventually may end up being correct. And that's the people that are uh, attracted to this have a spiritual gene. Okay, and some of it may be totally latent and dormant, and I've had that happen. We've got a couple, got a guy right here in Ecuador, a really good guy, lives down on the coast. He comes up here and visits him, and his wife come up here and visit with us occasionally. And he said, you know, Roger, I never even opened the cover on a Bible until I got into this. And now not only am I in the Bible, but I'm going back and teaching my adult children about it who I neglected to teach when they were young. 
I've had a couple of instances of that. Okay. I love that. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's quite inspiring, you know, because it really means, in essence, we're kind of a ministry, too. We're a freedom ministry. But that seems to be the overriding uh, people that uh, respond to this. And as I said, it can be latent or it can be patent. And uh, uh, with some, it's patent. That's the way it was with me. I mean, look, I was out in the record business doing all this stuff right in the world. Uh, I, I wouldn't thinking about biblical i mean it's always been in my back of my mind because my parents raised me that way so the seeds were planted early but they didn't germinate till i was a little older <laughs> but i was like that too i mean you know i i knew these principles and always adhered to you know trying to do right by people and and kind of follow ten commandments type guidance and stuff but i was over there in the world and doing some a lot of things i shouldn't have been doing that i wouldn't do now you know, so it's a metamorphosis. And when I tell you people, especially if you're new, this information changes your life. I'm not I'm not just blowing smoke up your rear end. This information changes your life. I've experienced it. A bunch of people right here listening to these words have experienced it. You grow into the re-enhancement. We were talking about this born with God-given rights thing. I heard David Duke say it the other night, mentioned it yesterday when he was on rents on Tuesday. He goes, we were born with God-given rights. Well, you were partially born with God-given rights. Let's think specifically here. If you weren't a breech birth and you came out head first like you're supposed to and you were had God-given rights until your feet came out of mama's birth canal. At that point, you were born, and now the 14th Amendment kicks in on the trick they've played on us. You may have been partially born with God-given rights, but you weren't totally born with God-given rights. How's that, Merka? Well, I feel like, I feel that the people that say, you know, and I feel I could feel what they're saying because I mean, I understand what we're talking about. Yes. But I, I understand that we are born with God given rights because it's not up to the U.S. system. It's not up to the federal government to decide that we're not. No, but it's up I to know the, that we are tricked into it. It's up to the International and, Monetary Fund because that's the right. people that are pulling the strings here. Right. So the only thing that changes is that we need to affirm our status and make sure that I mean, they know that we know what hey, they did. Okay, here, here's here's an example. It's on the website. Happened about three years ago in England. Mama has the baby in the hospital. They're testing for uh, COVID. They stick that long, painful stick up your nose of a brand new newborn baby. The baby starts squalling. Mother objects. The nurse. The nurse turned to the mother and said, you can't object, that baby's our property. It wasn't their property before its feet came out of the birth canal. But after, it was. That seems to me to be the line of demarcation. And you're right. The people that think like that, they're not wrong. But they just right. don't know that it's been stolen from them with this trick. It's kind of like the the citizenship status that's been hidden behind the U.S. national. The yeah. national has and, been and, hidden behind and, the and U.S. Where, national. Where, where's the equivocation that they're using so um, unbelievably effectively? Citizen of the United States, citizen of the United States of America. There's the equivocation right, right there. Okay. 
So uh, anyway, that's uh, the battles we fight of trying to get people to see this. Or let's let's let me rephrase that because I can't make people see it. Okay, I can explain it to them in the most simplistic terms, but I don't know whether they're going to see it or not, and I can't make them see it. What I do is present the information and see who responds. Just like the old military saying, "Let's run it up the flagpole and see who salutes." Well, that's what we do. Okay, and if you don't see it, I'm not going to beat you up. I'm going to wish you, uh, say, suerte, suerte, amigo. Our Spanish speakers know that means good luck, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, pray for you. And other than that, uh, you're going to have to go wander around in the field of ignorance and equivocation. So we try and get your thinking specific. We try and go in. And one of the things in the way we do that is to understand the systems we're dealing with. And there's not too many people like a like an engineer would go in and do a schematic of something. And when you've got it in a schematic, you know, a drawing, you can go and well, well hold it. Here's a weak point right here. See, but if you don't know the system, you can't identify the strong and the weak points. You're just dealing with, oh, they're so intimidating. I'm so scared. Okay. And that's, of course, why they do that is to get you away from thinking and understanding and realizing that you're the one that's got the power. They stole it from you with this little trick. Okay. And so uh, it's all those kind of things and people's thinking that. And unfortunately, when you're first presented with this, and we probably got some newer people on here today, when you're first presented with this, it just seems overwhelming, doesn't it? Okay. But it's not. You take it a bite at a time, and, yeah, you're going to have to make your brain start working again and understand how to use it a little bit better again, because I think we all had that ability early on, and uh, start seeing if you are wanting to free yourself from these monsters in a process that they cannot say no to. I mean, have y'all really understood that? They cannot say no. All these people fighting these guys, all the every guy, court this, court that, all that. They can't say no to this, people. Do you understand the importance of that? Because they can't say no, you've got your God-given rights. And the real thing that just hit me fairly recently, don't you realize that in this process, we force them to recognize God? Right. I mean, you noodle on that for a minute. We force them to recognize who they hate and adhere. Uh, If you don't see the power in that, you're you're just too new. Okay? That's the power we've got. We just take it back. They stole it. They intimidated us and conditioned us. We just simply take it back. Now you got the power. But, boy, it's hard for people to understand that, isn't it? It's taken me many years to simplify it like that and understand it. But that's what I try and do on here is benefit all of you folks with all of the years and hours of study, reading, thinking, connecting dots, all that that I've gone through, or I can tell you they tricked you into being Jim Crow. They tricked you in 
to being Jim Crow. And yes, as alluding to the previous conversation before we went on the air, Robert Barnes, who I greatly admire, okay, and respect, but he's a classically trained through their law school's attorney. And recently, when those uh, important court cases came down from the Supreme Court on affirmative action, and Barnes is sitting there going with almost a smile on his face, going, the 14th Amendment was the great equalizer. Is he right? Yeah, he's right. It equalized us all down into Jim Crow. But Barnes doesn't ask the question, well, what happened to Whitey? He just doesn't see the other side. They've hidden it so skillfully, so effectively, so deeply, that even an attorney of Barnes's statute is so focused that he makes that statement, and that's obviously the way he thinks and looks at it. Well, our affidavit is the greater equalizer. How about that? I want to equalize everybody in freedom. And yet I've heard Barnes, you know, make comments like they act like you're their property. Well, guess what, Robert? They are. You are. And there's another uh, another little area. See, when if you're new and I'm telling you your property, you don't understand the legal uh, part of that. And so you're the one that looks at yourself in the mirror every morning and shaves or does your hair or puts your eye makeup on or whatever you do. And you're seeing that reflection right there. And you can't even envision yourself as property because you're looking at yourself in the mirror and they tell you you're free. Okay. Because you don't understand, as most of us know, that when we use the word property, colloquially it's correct you know hey murka that car's your property yeah we paid for it last month but that's not the way they use it in some sort of a legal setting property is a right you've heard the phrase property rights property is a right in and to a thing an object whatever we call property in law is called a thing and your property is the right in and to the thing to use it dispose of it kill it do whatever you want So there's another one of these little split differentials where they're working on one level and we're working on another level, and they've equivocated into our subconscious that colloquial definition, and we go right around talking and going, Polly want a cracker? Rock, 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 and just repeat it over and over and over again. So these are the these are the objects that we've got to understand if you want to fully jump over the hurdle. Now, whether you want to jump over the hurdle or not is totally up to you. You'll never and never in all the years I've been doing this have I ever told anybody to go do this. Now, I may strongly suggest it to you. I may do everything I can to motivate you in that direction, but I'm not going to tell you to do it. Okay, And the reason is, is because that's your decision. If you're going to follow through and do anything with this, you got to learn the information to get re-empowered. If you don't really want to do it, you're not going to go do that. And so nothing happens. I mean, every one of you here have gone through this that have filed affidavits. When you file this paperwork, the world doesn't change. The world just rolls right on like it's always been doing. All those people out there still deceived. They don't understand what you've done. They don't understand the repercussions of it. They don't understand the meaning of it. They don't have an idea of any of that. You've got to be the change. 
So, I mean, it's really pretty simple. Uh, and I, actually, the way we've got the information uh, streamlined and broken down, go, going through it and learning, it's pretty simple. Okay. Really, it's going to, might take a little time. You're going to learn a bunch of stuff you didn't realize before, and a bunch of lights are going to go on your on in your head. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, that's why that operates like it does. And those are the conclusions you come to as you go through this learning process. But I dare say uh, I can ask a question here open on the air. Is there anybody that's gone through that that regret is, regrets the time they put into it or the effort or the energy? I doubt if you'll get an, I'm, I, I hate that stuff. I want to be a slave. I don't think you're going to hear that out of anybody. So it's important information and, uh, it, it, it takes a little bit of time. I mean, look, you're, you're real lucky. It's going to take you, I don't know, weeks or months. Hell, it took me years to get to this point. I'm trying to take all of that that I didn't that I time I wasted trying to find these answers and break it down to you and get it across to you as simplistic as I can make it and get you to not spend your time running all those rabbit holes and rabbit trails and focus on the things that are critically important that matter. That's what we do here. Okay. So I'm running off at the mouth a little bit, and it's lucky Brent's not with us. Uh, so uh, does anybody have any comments uh, on that? Or uh, Merka, you said we might have a new a new student. There's somebody right there. Yeah, what you got? This is Mike. Morning, Roger. Hey, Mike. Hey, uh, Paul. Did uh, Paul English say how often he was going to do that program? Once a week. I was going to get to that. I listened to it. I fell asleep during a little bit of it, but I listened to most of it. And I just, I have a man crush on Paul English, quite frankly. Go go ahead, Mike. Everybody needs to listen to that. He is a kindred spirit of freedom. That was an absolutely beautiful show. That's the only thing I got to say. Paul is, uh, well, I mean, it's the kind of way I think about things like that is God sent him to us. You know, or sent me to him or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was great to hear his voice and, uh, I'm glad he's going to be doing that once a week's a good thing for him because he's got tons of stuff on his plate. Um, I don't know if you guys know Paul's wife has dementia and he's been dealing with that for years and he's got two probably or late teen, early 20 sons that help him and, uh, he's got, and he's very loyal to her, and uh, uh, he's just the the row he's got a hoe, you know. And uh, so it's good to hear him. I'm tickled to death to know him and be affiliated with him, and uh, off on these uh, different projects that we're affiliated and associated with. And I'm glad to see him doing that show. You can go over, by the way, if it's new to the audience, uh, paulenglishlive.com, I believe paulenglishlive.com and uh you can catch that's gonna do a two-hour show every week and he got into that story here's what happened yesterday i went out to eat and to see about getting this computer fixed up by the way it was windows 10 he's got on there mike and paul and so i went out and ate and then my habit is to come home take a little siesta in the afternoon and i'll usually put something on and listen to it and unfortunately i drifted off to sleep during the middle of it but i've heard that story about that really unusual guy that he uh 
talked about that he's met, and I fell asleep, and I don't know if he said everything on the air that he told me in private about that. But uh show worth listening to. Glad to have somebody else on a weekly basis uh, from our little family here out there sticking their nose and their voice out there in the worldwide uh, public. So, yes, we'll be uh, anxiously awaiting a Thursday show that I can listen to. Um, so that was good. Thanks for bringing that up, Mike. I think, Paul, didn't you pipe that over and simulcast it over all our stuff? <laughs> you, you have no idea. Not only did I grab the stream from him and streamed it on Global Voice Radio, a link for that is on ExposeTheMatrix.com. It's right there in the archives, Paul English Live Replay. Um, but you can also go to paulenglishlive.com. He's got links to, I believe, four different platforms. He's got a link to Speak Free Radio, so you can listen to the live show. He's got a live player on his website. He also has Rumble and Odyssey, but <clears throat> he thinks that Odyssey is kind of cumbersome, so he's he's going to relax on that platform. He's not going to pay much attention to that. He's going to focus on Rumble. So. Um, Go find uh, Paul English live on Rumble and follow him and uh, let Rumble send notifications you know, when he goes live. The reason, every third the reason we can do all this is because of Paul English and his dedication years ago on wanting to do something, wanting to get the message out and realizing that this radio thing was a good vehicle and uh, spent – do you, you know that it took him a year and a half to put this together, Paul? Of going out, finding the software, figuring out what he needs, going in and reading the technical manuals, uh, which I'd rather have pins stuck in the soles of my feet than do that. Reading all those technical manuals, understanding how all this complex stuff connects, where literally, folks, we can do put on a radio show worldwide, 24, uh, you know, seven if, if you wanted to, for literally pennies a month. I mean pennies, okay? And that's why we can get on here and do these long shows without any commercial interruptions because we don't have to be begging you for money, okay? And the reason all of that comes from Paul English's dedication with all those other problems of taking a year and a half of his life and figuring out how to put this together. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know something else? There's something else you probably don't know is Paul English gave me the foundation to be able to go and find alternative versions of the software that he set up for you and the things that he does, like with Speak Free Radio and mm -hmm. Eurofolk Radio. Mm -hmm. He gave me the foundation to go digging that enables me to do what I do in connecting all the rooms and handling the streams and everything else. So I have uh, uh, significant kudos to give him. Well, and, and you know, on top of all that, he's got that charming English accent. He's got a brain on his yeah. head. He's, he's extremely personable and ex exceedingly real. And he's just an all-around good guy. I'm a, I, my life is better by knowing him, you know. And there's not a whole lot of people you I, say that about, you know, really. I hang on every word he says, just waiting for the next Englishism. And he threw out a few, you know, like 
people from from different backgrounds and and different countries and stuff they have their their trick sayings or their their mm-hmm. pet sayings mm-hmm. and he throws those in there and they just enrich the program uh, so much heck of a guy i encourage y'all to listen to that yesterday and uh put that on your calendar on thursdays <coughs> okay uh anybody else we got murka you said there was a new student potentially there's there anybody uh, new that has a brian. question brian you there brian, buddy? yeah brian are you there if you do and you have a question we'll yes, enter here. hi brian how you doing man Hey, Roger, doing well. Uh, pleasure to speak with you again. Uh, this is Brian from Dallas. Well, oh. it used to be Dallas. I'm now in uh, uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Oh, okay. Well, you made the move, and you went down to South Florida. Okay. It's traded yeah, up. Yeah, and I'm loving it. Yeah, you like it? You like it down there? I do. I do. I, I enjoy it. Except Wait. for the... the hurricanes that come close. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Wait till the next couple of hurricanes and come back and tell us that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just had a real quick question. I, I put it on the Telegram last night and nobody responded. So Merka told me to, to jump in and ask you guys about this. I'm doing the, um, you know, the withholding changes with my company, uh, you know, the W8BEN and the W4V. Uh, I uh, just had a quick question about that W8BN, and I'm not sure if anybody knows the answer, but uh, I've got all the information filled out, but on part two, line nine, they're asking me if I'm a resident of what country, and uh, I'm, and I watched uh, you know Joe Lustica's uh, Rumble video about this, and he didn't really mention anything about what, what needs to be in there. You know what I'd put in there? Well, okay, let's scull that out a little bit, the way we approach these things here. Your residency is where you live to receive your rights and discharge your duties. That's your residency, okay? The resident question is what set of laws are you under, all right? And here's where we defer back to that all-important formula. R plus D equals R for where you get your rights and discharge your duties. So if you're no longer a resident under the 14th Amendment and you're back under God-given laws and you receive your rights from God now and discharge your duties to him, where's your residency? I believe that that if you fill out the W8BEN on the IRS website, when they ask you what country you live in, if you hit the down arrow, every single one of the states is also listed. Is that right? So you can Texas. Well, my point here for Brian is I'm trying to stimulate his thinking if you receive your rights from god now and discharge your duties and you're a a national which is the old state citizen where's your residency heaven would be the state the heaven heaven Heaven. isn't heaven your residency Because you're in well, I wonder and how my uh, empl- employer would, re- would react to seeing resident of heaven. Well, your, your, your employer shouldn't react to anything. That forms to the IRS, not to them, except to stop your withholding. Put it on there and see if anybody contests you. If they contest you, you just got the answer on how you reply. 
good point. All right. I like okay. that. Okay. Resident, the resonant question is really, okay, origins, ambassadorial law. So it's which set of laws are you under, isn't it? Right. Well, yep. you're under God's isn't, isn't, laws. Uh, you're under God's I mean, laws. You may, right. you may be domiciled in Florida, but your residency is heaven. Ah, interesting. Okay. Okay. Never thought of that. Well, I never had either until I was on an airplane in Argentina going up to visit Doug Casey in his open house that he used to have, may still have, I don't know. And it, when you're flying, they, they give you all these little questionnaires. And they gave me, you know, do you are you bringing any agricultural goods, all that kind of stuff. And one of them is what's your country of residency? And I'd never thought about it before. And as the flight went along, I started noodling on that. And I went, well, I'll be damned. My residency's heaven. I wasn't a resident in any country on the globe. So it really means what set of laws are you? When they ask you that question, what they're asking you, are you under the federal laws uh, under the 14th Amendment and living in Florida? So the question really becomes what set of laws are you under? Pretty, pretty interesting, isn't it, Brian? That is. That is. Never well, thought of it like that. The deeper you get into this, the more you'll sharpen your thinking and the more you'll come to conclusions of, you know, again, and I guess you've heard me say this, there's only been two, two groups of people in an organized society in the whole history of the world that fell under this. Only two. Rome for 200 years and almost the first 200 years of our country. So it's something pretty darn special, and the people that turn their nose up at this are scared or whatever their motivations might be just don't have the perspective of that right there. To me, that's all important, okay? I mean, only two groups of people in the entire recorded history of the planet have ever had these rights. Does that make it maybe a little more special? Oh, yeah. So, anyway, that's what I'd put down, see if they reject it. If they try and give you any grief on it, you can come right back on them. I like that idea, Roger. Okay. Or, or I don't reside in any country. But, boy, they really use that little term to trick you, don't they? That, I think, is the biggest landmine of the whole scheme is that word resonant. Because every country in the world wants you to be one. Yep. Rog, may I? Yes, Paul. Brian, let's make sure we got Brian. Brian, we get you taken care of. Yep, that's what I need. No, this, I appreciate that. This yep. is for this is for him too. Um, uh, Joe, on uh, occasion, has said that uh, sometimes employers uh, scoff at the W eight B E N because they don't understand it. And what you can do is you can send a copy of the W-8-B-E-N to the IRS. They can stamp it approved or you take it to an IRS office and then they'll stamp it approved. And then you give the stamped approved W-8-B-E-N to your employer yep. and they have to accept it because yeah, they it's can't. already been they, authorized. They can't give you any grief. You, you know, this is something you learn. Your employers are more scared of the IRS than you are. Mm-hmm. Because right. they're official, and we also they're a withholding agent. 
they're an extension in agency of the IRS. And uh, if Brent's with us today, uh, Brent Bachman, uh, he um, ran into a hiccup, you know, filing paperwork with his uh, with his company's office. And uh, I forget exactly how he did it, but um, he just filled out the form they wanted him to fill out and withholding stopped immediately. So, and when we get a moment, uh, we also have a hand raised in oh. free conference. We've okay. got Charles. Okay. Well, we'll get to Charles. I just want to make sure Brian's taken care of. It sounds like you might be, Brian. Feel free to join us anytime and enjoy, uh, enjoy the climbs of Florida, especially this winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yep. You're welcome. Uh, how's your Spanish, by the way? Not very good. Needs to get a lot better. <laughs> well, you might need to hone up on it, you know. Uh, Charles, All right. we give Spanish lessons around here occasionally. Charles, you got a question? Hi. Hi. Roger, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. You hear me okay? Yep. Yeah, we can hear okay. you fine. Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Um, I recently became aware of the fine work that your group is doing here. Um, and uh, I've spent a lot of time studying um, similar issues myself. Uh, I reside in Texas here. I'm 69 years old. Okay, well, we're going to stop you. We're going to stop you right there. Charles, I'm going to stop you right there. I hope you don't reside in Texas very long. Go ahead. Pardon me? Charles, if you have a speakerphone on or something like that, if you could turn that off or something. Or an external. Yeah, we got a little echo. A little echo. No. um, Yeah. uh, Our connection does seem bad. Um, Is there a way to call in on a landline? No. Oh, yeah. Let's just try and roll on rather than all that. I don't want to address. The reason I stopped you is that term resident. When you say you reside in Texas, that that clues you into Washington, D.C. So. Well, he might be he might be listening to the radio or something. Do you have something on in the background, Charles? Background? Yeah, you and Paul. Okay, well let's get let's see if we can straighten Charles out here where we don't have this echo. Okay, let's do it this way. Um, okay. Um when Charles is not talking there's um, no echo. He needs to be muted. So I will mute him in between your in between your conversations. So, All right. Um, go ahead, Rod. Okay, Charles. Well, we're glad to have you. Glad you stumbled on us. You told us you're in Texas. How'd you find us? Scotty O'Connell in, oh, okay. in New York. Okay, good deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, are, how new are you? Oh. Um, um, I'm hoping to call in. This is obviously a real bad connection. Um, um, maybe I can call in and get a better connection if we can post something in the chat window about. Well, 
I think as long yeah. as Paul's oh, sitting on the oh. mute, we're all right. So I won't try and talk over you. And I want to, you know, I want to find out how are you brand new? I mean, did Scotty just call you last night or have you had a chance to listen to some of these interviews and get your arms around what we do and how we do it and why? I can I can give him the phone number. He can call in lickety split. It'll and I'll be watching. For All right. Um, gra- grab a pen or pick up your phone and dial six zero nine six six three one nine seven six. I'll give you that number again. It's six zero nine six six three. One nine seven six. Now, if you get a message from your phone provider that this number is out of network and you'll be charged a penny a minute, hang up and then send a text message with the words call me to six zero nine six six three one nine seven six and the conference system will call you back then you won't be charged for the call how slick okay, is so? that how slick is that okay charles disconnect and call back and i want to entertain your questions and talk to you a little bit okay all right so charles is going to go do as right. instructed okay so while we're waiting for charles to come back uh anybody else got anything they wanted to bring up it's Scotty. I'll chime in. Okay. Go ahead, Scotty. Uh, the deal with um, Charles is he's the one whose group we've been helping Jason with for two months. It took him before he called in um, to get your help, which was immediate and wonderful. Last night he was just about to say what amazing thing the wand did, that it would blew him away, that it did so, and then he got cut off. Okay. <laughs> so he might call in. But Charles after because i've been mentioning you to jason for a while he shared a video last night collaboration on jurisdiction with host kirk mckenzie 2 2022 uh you had uh uh gary gosnell bill howell and Corey ebb oh i didn't recognize him i know him um it was really amazing that's really some powerful stuff the one guy was talking about the jurisdiction of the land and the sea mix that is some heavy-duty stuff. And then another guy was talking about Todd. Is he talking about Todd Calendar? Because what you did with Todd Calendar was private. There's no video of that, correct? And correct. Correct. And, you know, jurisdiction is very – I mean, you see it all over the place. And the reason that you need to understand that, did they mention protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection in that call of those four gentlemen, Scotty? I was a little distracted watching it, just like um, Paul was distracted when another caller was talking about like little video clips to like plant and put in stuff to get some attention. Um, but what you just said today about the feet coming out first, that is what can be viral advertising little clippets of videos that we could spread out. If we just get together to make videos like got Joe Lustica making some, I'll show you some ideas of a video of the past that somebody made and gave me credibility. You got something there that could be little quick little videos we plant and comments in here, and we're going to get people flying over to our website. Because what you put together with those men in that meeting, 
blew me away. I can't oh, wait what? to listen back to it and take notes. Well, not, was, I, I, was I involved? Well, Scotty, was, I wasn't involved. Yeah, you were involved. I, was, I put it in the chat room just now, but I got well, off twice. I, yeah, I've got it. I've generally got a pretty good memory, and I don't remember any of those names or being with those guys. So uh, I'm at a loss. Oh, man, it blew me away. I just put it in the chat now. Get on it, Paul. Share well, that shit. Uh, yeah. you know, the term jurisdiction goes back to the f- yeah. Hey, right. Yes. Last thing. One last thing. I would just suggest, uh, hold on, Abram. Hold on. Let Scotty finish. The Paul English was fucking uh, 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 Scotty. You knocked me off Jitsi. Okay, we're back. (laughs) Scotty, please don't cross the Carlin line here. Yeah. Please. Um, Paul, did you see the message where uh, Charles is asking for an access code? Um, No, there shouldn't be an access code for that. There is no access code. All you got to do is just dial the number. Or send me a message, and I'll just I'll just have the conference system call you. Just send send me a private message. Um, username uh, GVN Studio C. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, or or username Paul. Username Paul. Here I'll send you a private message. You can just respond. Yeah, was that you, Charles? Point of clarification. No, it's Scotty. What's the Carlisle line? I don't want to cross. You lost me with that comment. The, the, Car- the Carlin line are the seven dirty words that you can't say on media, oh. and you crossed it plainly. Please refrain. All right. I, I didn't know we couldn't curse you. My, my bad. Sorry. So uh, we're still kind of waiting for Charles. Who? who uh, somebody else. Uh, uh, Abram, you were trying to inject something? Did Abram get kicked off of Jitsi, too? No, he's there. No, I, I was just adding to the uh, the detail about his commercial. I think that's a great idea. Okay, super. Y'all do it. So we got Charles back yet? Charles is back. Charles, you there? Yes, I am. Okay, we got no echo this time, so it's a little bit better. Uh, my question was, how long have you been around our information? Uh, Scotty started pointing me to it, um, probably, uh, six months to a year ago. Um, and I, I saw a little bit, but the, the video on rumble that Scotty was talking about with, uh, uh, the, the rural land America McKenzie guy, um, that, that really sparked my attention here recently. Um, and, uh, you really, like Scotty said, you did some really great work there and it just, uh, I, I I had to call you because I, I I've I've got 40 years in in studying this stuff too, and I think I've got a lot of valuable things to contribute, like you're doing, and uh, uh, the people around you. And um, um, I'm anxious to try to help build God's kingdom on this earth, and and to try to take this country back. Okay, good deal. Well, you can take it back real easy, but we got to do it one person at a time. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll get where we can do a whole bunch of people at one time, but right now we're doing onesies. 
and maybe twosies from married couples that are on the same page here. So um, you said you're a resident of Texas. Uh, you obviously have not filed an affidavit yet. Is that correct? Yeah, I haven't followed your affidavit process yet. Okay, I well, just you, learned about it. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, well, well, you're still a resident then, and that doesn't mean that you live in Texas. That means that you're under the laws of the 14th Amendment in Washington, D.C. So you got to be very, very I'm careful. I'm uh, in that area, and I respect it. I kind of think that's all a presumption and legal fiction. And no, it's not. No, 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 it's not. It's origin in ambassadorial law where countries sign a treaty and exchange ambassadors. And the foreign ambassador is now in D.C. in residence. Have you ever heard that term used to identify that situation? They're in residence. And what that means is the laws of their home country apply to them, not the laws of the United States. It ain't fiction. Well, um they're doing presumptions on bad faith. Well, the whole thing. The whole thing's based on presumption. But you're the one that agreed to it every time they ever ask you your entire life. Every time they ask you, are you a citizen of the United States or are you a resident, and you sign something, my bet is, God. Okay, sorry, I know we're still being recorded. i got to watch my language uh, because we just got uh, kicked off of Jitsi again for the second time this morning, and we're rebooting Jitsi for whatever reason, and I'm about to come back and see if we can pick up where we left off. Okay, there it is. Uh, uh, I feel like I won the lottery. He's coming back. I feel like I won the lottery. I've been kicked off Jitsi twice this morning. Okay, Charles. um, All of these words are landmines. And yes, you're correct. They're doing everything under presumption. and It's all based on fraud. That's the reason they recognize the affidavit. But the, the presumption they're running on got your agreement because you thought the term resident means i live in texas and it doesn't it means i'm under the laws of washington dc and the last part of the 14th amendment where it says and the state wherein they reside that's what it's tied into and the presumption is that you're an ignorant bumpus and that every time they ever ask you, you gave them the consent to govern you. That's the way they think. See, we can't think and approach this like we think because these people don't think like we think. Have you noticed? I know. Okay. So I, I, I recognize the merits of your, your work and your position here. I'm just kind of. Um, um, yeah, I chose my words poorly when I said I reside in Texas. I'm sorry. I was shooting from the hair. No, 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 you weren't wrong. If you've not filed a, 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 an affidavit, you've agreed to it every time they ever ask. You do reside in Texas. You just think it means you live there. Well, it, 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 according to their definition of the term reside, I don't reside in Texas. I'm on the land. I'm a sovereign on the land here. Well, you're not a sovereign on the land yet and filed an affidavit. 
You're well, still a slave, and you agreed okay, to it. You're only on a presumption, and then you ask God, uh, okay. I'm a sovereign on the land. Well, no, you're not. Sorry, you told them you were a slave every time they ever asked you. How can you be a sovereign and a slave there's at the same no time? There's no disclosure there. Pardon me? There's no full disclosure there. Well, no kidding. I guess ignorance of the law is no excuse, isn't it, Charles? You ought to know what you are, shouldn't you? I believe I do. I believe my rights come from God, and their legal fiction contracts have not effectively interfered with my rights from God. Well, they're not legal fiction contracts. They're based on something solid, although it's based on fraud. So my suggestion to you, if you've been studying this stuff for 40 years, is you get a whole bunch of that stuff that you think is correct that you've learned and wipe it off the slate. Because a lot of the stuff you've learned over 40 years is just flat not correct. Roger, may I? Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Charles. That's just the way it is. I've been in this 30 years myself. A lot of the stuff I studied years ago, I have come to understand is not correct. I'm not slighting the people that did it. I think that they were probably doing the best that they knew at the time. But this thing is absolutely full of landmines that our people don't understand. Charles, let me ask you. You've been studying this for 40 years. Give me the legal definition of the word person. Yeah, I, in, in, in your interview with Mackenzie, you delved into that, and you're cutting edge. Most people define it as as um, just being a corporation, a legal fiction, but you are more correct in that it, it, it does include a natural person, right? And a trust, and a partnership, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, 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 you're right on the money there, Roger. Okay, so if you don't That's even it. understand the legal th- background and concept behind that important word that's in virtually every statute. All statutes are written for persons, things, or actions. The majority of them are written for persons. If you don't understand that word and the concept behind it, well, you're, you're urinating into a north wind. Right. I, I think as a result of my hearing your your explanation on that point recently, that I think I'm up to speed on that issue now, Roger. Well, Charles, I mean, I'm not trying to be adversarial with you. We welcome new people. I want to help you, okay? But uh, go back and listen to some of those interviews and get some of this stuff and how they've done it in your mind, and then we can come clear up stuff for you a lot easier. So what can we do for you today? Because you're new, and uh, and we always welcome new students around here, okay? Well, 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 well thank you. I like to think. Um, um, in this spiritual battle that um, um, it's a high priority for us to develop uh, working relationships with each other. And I've been hosting a lot of conferences and things myself, and I've produced a web page, constitutionalgov.us is my web page. It's in my email address in the the window there. And um, um, I'd... uh, uh, I, your 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 work with Mackenzie. Uh, do you remember uh, earlier? You said you didn't recall anything we said since, or um, uh, prompted you to remember that I, you did an excellent interview with Mackenzie there on rural land America. Man, I I I just flat don't remember it. I'm sorry. He, that's very unusual for Constitutional me. Counties. Roger, may I? Yes. Have you got another Roger Sales? 
I didn't do. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. Roger McKenzie. That was there. Uh, uh, Kirk McKenzie. Uh, well, none of these names ring the bell with me. Or Nevada, something like that. Can they share the link so we can look and see what it is? Because we can review it for you, but man, I don't, I don't know what you, link. I flat don't know what you're talking about. I can't place it. Okay. I just okay. put it in the free conference <laughs> called chat again. It's Rumble video. Right. It's um. It it really what's what really got me going. Uh, it's it's two hours long. It's two hours long. What really got me going is one of the other man tied together some stuff about the land and the sea together. Um, that really is sounds powerful, okay. coupled with Ralph Winterworld's work. Um, but Winter you're wearing a, you got a big orange mic with a thing. Anyway, put it in the chat. What? Okay. Uh, what? Give me. You know. See, I don't make any connection between the sea and the land. They're pretty separate, from what I can tell. I'm not well spoken. Just listen to the video and, and no, I'm not and, gonna. No, I, I, powerful info, I, info in there. I I think I can clarify this, Charles. The problem is, you still think the Constitution applies to you. There's only one part of the Constitution that does, and that's the Fourteenth Amendment. And the only right it gives you is the right to dwell on the land. You are still a slave because the presumption at birth was that you were a citizen. And every single time a piece of paper was put in front of you that asked you if you were a citizen and a resident, you said yes, because you thought you were a citizen of the sovereign United States of America, and you thought you were a resident, a geographical resident of where you live. But but, but the piece you're missing is in 1933, the Trading with the Enemy Act was rewritten, including citizens of the United States as enemies of the state. And under declaration of emergency, which we've been under since Lincoln, the Constitution does not apply. It certainly does not apply to serfs, to slaves, to subjects yeah. of the United States Corporation. There is a video on Rumble. I want you to watch it. OK, go to expose the matrix and go to. Um, no, no, go to globalvoiceradio.net. Go to globalvoiceradio.net. And then you're going to look for the rumble link and it's in the list of uncensored platforms. Go to the rumble link and the most recent video there is all the information that you need to know on why we are actually under military rule on dry land. And there is absolutely no way you're going to get justice in the courts. And there is not a constitutional amendment outside of the 14th that matters. Well, it's, it doesn't apply. now Devin did some great work. And I listened to Devin's audio thing that he read to me. So because of my reading challenges and what they did is certain parts of the Bill of Rights do apply to 14th Amendment slaves, but they gutted it. The 7th, 8th and ninth don't apply at all. The 4th and the 5th apply part 
partially and you do have access to the second amendment but they've put it under the batf and it's regulatory okay so there are a couple of little glimmers that serfs have contact and access to but they restrict the most of those okay charles have you seen the eugene schroeder piece that paul is referring to there called war war and emergency powers act or trading with the enemy act it's been around since 1994 did you come in contact with it back then by any chance did we lose did we lose i'm also talking Uh, I don't know. I'm also I'm, talking about the John Quaid video. Okay, well, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, are you familiar with Gene Schroeder's I'm work? Right. Uh, I, I, I'm very familiar with the work of Gene Schroeder and John Quaid. I've done radio interviews with John Quaid. Okay. Um, well, I mean, that's what happened is they switched the systems on March the 9th of 33. That's when they took away the gold and brought back the paper. And I was going to kind of talk about that today. We were scheduled to talk about the administrative state today, and we've gotten off in the weeds, but that's okay. Uh, Charles, let me ask you, what question do you have that I can answer or address directly here today? Yeah, yeah, please. I, I'm, I'm sorry uh, we got entangled in a... Uh, differing views, I'd say, uh, you know, and I respect your views, but, uh, Charles, Charles, these aren't I my views. Charles, hold on. Yeah. These aren't my views. They're settled legal history. No, I'm not questioning the history. I'm questioning the legal interpretation as applied to the modern facts. Okay, well, what's your question? You use the term resident, that means you're under the laws of Washington, D.C. Things that I think will help empower what you're bringing to the people here to make what you're bringing to the people to empower the people even more effective. Well, okay. My, my, what specific question do you have today for me? Are, are you familiar with how, with William Blackstone's writing, that um, uh, uh, the laws of England, a.k.a. the common law, are based upon the Exodus 18 model of, of government where uh, uh, Moses created hierarchies for Israel, thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens? Yes. Ah, Okay, so so do, do you comprehend that they're under the end, that that um, um, uh, a modern common law township is ten households, a modern common law precinct is a hundred ca- households, and a modern common law county is supposed to be a thousand households? Well, could be, but they're all slaves, so they don't have access to the common law. So, what's your point? My, my point is, like the Sixth Amendment indicates, the judicial power is, to decide these issues is decentralized down to the individual precincts, the hundred courts. Well, it can be, but you're still a serf. Are you missing the point here? You're, you're not under Charles. Charles. Charles, you're not under God. Charles, you're you're not under God's laws, pal. I hate to tell you. Well, th- that's the nature of the battle before us, isn't it? If we start articulate jurisdiction is law speaking, you know, it breaks down to the compound word, juris, law, diction, speaking. Um, and, and, and so if we speak law, 
that our people are free and not under the de facto system. You can't. We're in control instead of the bad guys. No, that's not right. Not until you file an affidavit with them and officially tell them you're not one of their slaves. None of that applies. You think it does, but it doesn't. You don't don't concede that our uh, under... Uh, common law principles of the Sixth Amendment that how, we've got the right to adjudicate that. How do you how do you have access to the Sixth Amendment when you're under the Fourteenth Amendment, Charles? And you've told them every time they ever ask you, you agreed that you're their property. How do you have access to that? General common law still survives. Well, you don't have access to common law, Charles. You're a serf. Well, that's the de facto presumption. No, you agreed with it. It ain't no presumption. It was well, until you agreed with it. I, I never willingly contracted to be a 14th Amendment no, slave. No, you agreed with it every time they asked you, are you a citizen of the United States or are you a resident? You answered those questions, yes. If not, in basic contract law, Roger, with all due respect, if, if there's not a meeting of the minds, there's no legitimate... This- this is a this is a specialty contract that comes from the feudal era. It's called voluntary servitude. And they put you into it fraudulently on March the ninth of thirty three. But every time they ask you, you agreed to their fraudulent contract, what do you expect them to think? Well, I expect them to respect the Sixth Amendment and the Seventh yeah. Amendment when we got jury trial verdict saying we're Charles, not a slave. Charles, you got to unlearn a bunch of stuff before we have a conversation, brother. Because right. well, you're just I, not I, correct. I, I, you're you're you think like we think. You can't solve this the way we think. They don't think like we think. They're treacherous. They're tricky. They're diabolical, and they use fraud. And you agreed to it every time they ever ask you. They've got your agreement, Charles. So don't be bringing all that other stuff when you've agreed to it. Granted, you didn't understand it, but ignorance of the law is no excuse. Charles ought to know what the hell he is. We ask him uh, all throughout his adult life. He answered yes every time. Charles, well, well, one uh, of the, the whole, on, the whole I think a lot of the hinges on thing. treaty law. I think you indicated that the treaties with the international bankers are, are, are causing this to be applicable over us. No, I didn't say that. No. No, it's not It's not any treaty with an international banker. It's the fact that they declared war on us. And as a conquered state, they can lie to you. They don't have to tell you the terms of the contract. All they have to do is put it down in front of you and say sign or do you, we shoot. Do you agree? That's all they have to do. Okay. So watch John Charles, Quaid. Watch the John Quaid presentation. Please go, go back ahead. and listen to some of these basic interviews. All right, now hold on. Every single one of John Quaid's videos. Hold on. Watch it again. Go back and listen to some of my videos, Charles, on the website with Deanna Spingola and Tom D. And get a grasp of what we're talking about here. Because you're running on 40 years of mis- and disinformation, my friend. Well, I appreciate your counsel. I'll be careful about it. Okay. Well... There's Daryl. We we chummed up Daryl. We got so animated here today. 
Well, I, I want to say something to Charles. Uh, I appreciate him, and I believe his heart's in the right place. I do, too. I truly do. I believe, Charles, I want to tell you something. I know you don't know me, but I believe your heart's in the right place. I, and I just want to, I just have a question for you. Because uh, you sound like you're a man who uh, abides by what the God's laws are. And so I want to ask you a question. What was, of the Ten Commandments, what was the first commandment, sir? Um, I believe that one is, um, um, have no other gods before me. Yes, sir. I, <clears throat> that is a powerful, you were exactly right, and that is a powerful that's a powerful statement, and I think it was put uh, as the first one because it's that important. And uh, what it what it involves is that this presumption. And I'm not saying it's it's a uh, it's honesty, and it is doesn't involve deception. But their presumption is, is that you're worshiping a foreign god. Uh, and that's that's the semantics and the deception and the equivocation and and the fact of the matter is is that when you understand and you're talk you you're using modern you said in the modern language and the concepts and and the precedents had all been established is that they've created uh, they're the creators of the U.S. citizenships and the residents, and under that presumption, you worship them because you obey their laws, <clears throat> and you refer to their laws, and they're liars, and and they compel they compel their citizens and residents to worship them, and when you remunerate to them. When you when you are in acquiescence or obedience and subjugation to their laws that stand apart from God's laws, you're in worship to them. Uh, that fundamentally is the basis of why when Roger says you don't have access to God's laws is because, not by any fault of your own, by the way, by de facto let's use that word you use that word i'm gonna use that word by default de facto you're worshiping a foreign god not knowingly what but you do what charles yeah um i i i asked foreign to who you're foreign to god foreign to god the father foreign to the God of the the uh, foundation of deriving their rightful authority. Uh, they've masqueraded. They have impersonated uh, and uh, uh, abrogated, made the word of God of no effect. Of course, you can see that in all the evidence. That's and, and so what you're doing. What you're doing when you when you lay claim. To who you are 
and make that statement in law, you're reclaiming your hereditament and your obedience and your rights and duties back to God the Father. And you're no longer in worship to a foreign God. Oh, we can't, we can't both talk at once in this forum. So you got to let Daryl finish and then you comment. Okay. Well, I, I, I was done there. I'll, I'll okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. I'll yield to you, sir, Charles. Thank you, Daryl, and I appreciate your efforts at um, um, uh, helping me get past uh, raising Roger's heckles here. Um, uh, and I don't mean to offend Roger at no, all. No, 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 it's um, okay. Yeah, I, I, again, what you're saying there is curing the presumption that that we've contracted to be a 14th Amendment slave, right? No, no, no. You didn't contract to do it. There's nothing you did. They did it for you, and then they ask for your agreement. Let's look at it this way, Charles. The 14th Amendment says all persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, comma, are citizens of the United States and the state wherein you reside. Well, isn't that funny? There's the two questions. Are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a resident and what do they trigger the second legal prong of that of that amendment the first legal prong is you got to be born or naturalized in the united states the second prong is and subject to the jurisdiction thereof notice charles they do not say all persons born or naturalized in the united states are subject to the jurisdiction thereof do they they say and if there's an and, there's some that please let please let me finish, Charles. When there's an and, doesn't that automatically mean there's some that are and not subject to? Doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. I agree. So if you're born or naturalized in the United States and not subject to, you're a national. But if it's and subject to, they ask you the two questions. They're citizens of the United States and resident. And I would wager that every time you've ever been asked those questions, you put yes and sign something. Do you see uh, the con- do you see the contract? Probably, yes. Do you see the contract? Oh, you're a citizen of the United States and a resident. I guess that means you're subject to the jurisdiction thereof, doesn't it? Well, if I, if there was a meeting of the minds. No, it's not. You're not. You're thinking traditional contracts. This is the feudal system. It's not a traditional contract. The fraud is they put us all into that condition in mass as sureties for the bankruptcy in 33. And now as we've gone forward 90 years, everybody they've ever asked answered yes and agreed with their fraud and gave them consent to govern you under the 14th Amendment under federal laws. They got well, your agreement, man. all contracts, don't you know? Well, I do. Uh, why do you think they recognize the affidavit, Charles? Yeah, the the good, and it's it's Charles. on my priority list to go ahead and get completed, Roger. So you know, it's go back, unlearn, unlearn, God Almighty, unlearn a bunch of this stuff you've studied for forty years. Come back and start anew and learn it correctly, and you're not only going to become empowered and free, but you're going to become a hell of a lot more effective in all your efforts that you're doing. Roger the Schroeder video or interview 
video would explain it to him. It would paint a picture for him. And so will Spangola. So you know what? You said my hackles were raised. You know why my hackles are raised? Because I have to constantly go in with people and get them to unlearn all the myths and disinformation they've absorbed for however many years and get them all started on the right path. That's why my hackles get raised. Charles, I don't mean to raise your Well, that's, I, look, it's okay. I like to vent around here, you know. But that is my frustration is all of the David Strait. Oh, law stands for land, air, and water. Find that somewhere for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Mr. Strait. Okay. Well, there's uh, virtually oh. everybody is missing the main point. When you understand the main point, it all becomes very clear and easy when you work at it. This is the feudal system. You're in a condition of voluntary servitude in a modern-day federal feudal system. And as a serf, they have an object of a property right on you. You know, are you familiar, Charles, with Copper Moonshine still? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, you know, well, let me. Okay, okay, good. I'm glad you are. If you go over to his site, and I don't agree with what he does, okay. If you go down to his site, he's got some excellent sites uh, there, and there was one I'd never seen before. I think it's an appellate level site, and the statement is, unless a person can prove they're not a citizen of the United States, the IRS can move on to assessment and collection. Unless they can prove. So, Charles, how do you prove you're not a citizen of the United States? Well, um, I adjudicate that from a court of common law jurisdiction. (laughs) That you don't have access to. Well, they inherit at the county and the precinct level here, brother. All state laws have common law, but you're a serf. You don't have access to that. Well, Roger, I think that um, decided it's it, it's it's a state and, and and county and local issue. Okay, well, listen, Charles. If you don't want to listen, you just go ahead the way you've been doing, and I'm going to wish you a lot of good luck. I think he needs to go watch the Schroeder video to get a better picture and listen to Spangola, and then come back and talk to you and have a conversation with that. You're under a lot of misconceptions, in my opinion, Charles. I'd like to straighten them out for you, but you keep continue clinging to these things that you think are true and are not. Comment. I, I, I respect that. Can we maybe talk about some different issues that we're not conflicted on? I guess we can. Let me get Joe's input here. Joe, you got something to say? Yeah, you know, the contract that you were referring to here a little bit ago is a unilateral contract, not a bilateral contract. That's right. It's not the kind of contract we all think of. If he wants to try his common law deal, try it and see who goes to prison. Yeah. Try it. See who goes to prison. Montana Freeman, I watched him go down. Yeah, well, yeah, guess, hey, guess who the Montana Freeman called before they went down? My law teacher. Pardon me? The Montana Freeman contacted John Benson, my law teacher, during the middle of all that. But see, John didn't know what we know now. 
Okay? Unfortunately. We're all in a condition of voluntary servitude unless you filed a specific piece of paper with the Secretary of State changing it. That's the only way, back to that earlier site, the only way a person proves they're not a citizen of the United States is with a piece of affidavit or declaration to the Secretary of State specifically because he is the official in the federal government in charge of all, all matters concerning citizenship. And he is under the total presumption, and unless he receives that statement from you, the presumption is you're in that condition. You can't go to the local judge. You can't go to the local anybody. You've got to go to him. That comes from an 1835 Supreme Court case. If it's a matter of citizenship, it depends on what paperwork is in possession of the secretary, if admissible in a court of law, should be considered the higher and the better evidence. That's straight from the Supreme Court almost 200 years ago. Right. It, can, can I ask you... Um, um, what happens if we file the affidavits and, and we get properly set like you you advocate and and then uh, um, um, the the economic collapse and everything that the evil empire is planning they start locking down the FEMA camps and they quit respecting our affidavits. Well, I guess we all know what time it is then, don't we? Well, see, I'm trying to prepare for that by by organizing our, our local county and precinct okay. level courts. Well, there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I don't have any problems with that organize, but uh, you're you're not going to have any power until you file that paper with the Secretary of State. Then you got all kinds of power and rights. And see, the problem they've got is now that we know their scheme, once you submit this paperwork to them, because this is their system they've built for 90 years, they've either got to recognize that or they've got to take off the mask and be open tyrants. That's their only choice. And when they take off the mask totally, we all know what the rules are then, don't we? Yeah, yeah, it gets real simple. Yes, it always is real simple. But nobody has ever understood it's the feudal system. That's the key point that John Benson identified. Once you understand it's the feudal system and you're in voluntary servitude, you understand that with a thousand years of legal precedent, by the way, you can volunteer out at any time, no matter which generation you're in. I, I think there's two different definitions of feudalism. Okay. You want to enlighten us? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, uh, one's bad, one's good. One's Roman Empire, slave trader jurisdiction, and the other is pure common law. Well, the feudal system wasn't operating in Rome, buddy. It didn't come into effect till after Rome fell. So right there, you're not correct. Um, you're, you're, you're correct, but the, the oppressive form of feudalism that most people define feudalism as, uh, that form of feudalism was a Roman Empire model of no, authoritarian no, government. No, there was no feudalism in the Roman Empire, Charles. I'm sorry. There was a lot of slavery. 
but there was no feudalism. Feudalism was an outgrowth of the downfall of the Roman Empire. And it wasn't totally oppressive. A whole bunch of people volunteered into the condition. That's what we're talking about. There were two types of serfs, involuntary, which is akin to black slavery, and voluntary. But when William the Conqueror came over and conquered England and brought it over from the continent of Europe, they couldn't bring involuntary servitude over because England has a free soil doctrine. There's not a slave born on the island of England. So they only brought the voluntary servitude side over, and that's what they've imposed on us. Yeah, and and they imposed that so-called voluntary servitude at the point of a sword, right? No, man. Did you have a sword at your neck every time you answered those two questions, yes? Yeah, it it, it happened. I I specialized in that Norman conquest thing. I spent spent a lot of time studying that, and that was a brutal conquest, and people that didn't consent to be slaves, they, they were executed. Well, I don't know about that. I've never heard that before. He imposed the feudal system on England for the first time in 1066. It took him 20 years to do so, and there was only voluntary servitude. Okay? Roger. Yes, Sketch. Go ahead. This is Sketch. Um, Charles, he asked you a question, and you don't answer the question. So I think you need to listen. You have one mouth and two ears. Charles, I appreciate your help, but, you know, you're not even answering his questions. Charles, you just got to listen, man. A lot of the stuff you think is true is not. Here, I'm going to quote Mark Twain for you, okay? It ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so. That's the limitations you're under here this morning. One of them certainly is. Okay, so I can't help it that this thing was done so skillfully and deceptively that nobody's ever been able to figure it out before. I figured out the back half. John Benson figured out the foundation that allowed me to do that. Okay, so if you want to listen and learn where you can be a lot more effective on what you want to accomplish, and I, I applaud what you're doing. Okay, please go back and listen to some of these interviews and get the basic scheme down with these people do not think or operate like we think or operate. This is classic Sun Tzu. If you don't know the enemy, you got virtually no chance of beating him. Um, If I'm not aggravating you further um and i appreciate what you're saying and i the seventh amendment trial by jury if we form our own juries that seventh amendment that, is still that, in place to you're right action. and charles word, charles guess what you're dead right but why haven't any of the common law juries that popped up since Oklahoma City, because that's when they started popping up why haven't any of them ever uh caused any effect to change if what well, you're saying, if what to it, and marginalize us. if you're if what you're saying is true, we should have had some change since Oklahoma City forward with all the common law grand juries. So my question to you is: Where in a thousand years of legal precedent did the serfs on the manor rise up and overthrow the lord of the manor? Well, 
the, the, the whole concept of de facto versus de jure comes into play there, I do believe. And oh. um, uh, the, the, the authority of the people to establish de jure lawful government is, is, is part of the, the mechanism of, of international law. You've agreed to be a serf your whole time, your whole life, every time they ask you. How do you have that power? Oh. Well, he, it's being imposed at at the point of a sword. No, it's not. They didn't hold a sword. They didn't hold a sword at your throat every time they ask you those two questions. Well, that or deception, where I don't know. Well, okay, it's, uh, all right, all right. Uh, There's something we can, uh, we can agree on. That it's fraud. It's a deception. Learn and understand it. File a very simple sentence in the form of a declaration or affidavit with the Secretary of State, and change all of this. Right. I agree. That's optimal uh, strategy. But all I'm saying is we can incorporate that with more aggressive common law tactics so that when the FEMA camps start rolling around, Charles, we're not here with... I would love to have enough people organized and understanding the basics and the foundations where we could do that. That's what I'm trying to do. We don't have enough people that understand this at this point, and you're evidencing that perfectly for the entire audience this morning. Charles, just to, well, just to give, go ahead, Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just want to, I want to draw, off, draw off a different line of thought here, uh, because uh, what I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm listening carefully, is what I'm hearing is, is uh, a conversation that's talking past each other. Exactly. Correct. And, um, at, and, and so in conversations like that, uh, by the way, uh, Charles, I. I don't want to bore or sound like I'm aggrandizing myself with the other people or you. My background is training airline pilots. I was a trainer instructor. And so part of that training of my training to train others was uh, communication and hearing, hearing what exactly is being said uh, objectively. Uh, In, in the in this crosstalk that I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing you, you, and I don't know. I'm just going to put it in the terms that I would put it in. What I'm hearing you, hearing you say, is acknowledging what Roger's saying, and, and to that degree, to some degree, uh, and you, at, at this point in your in your perceptions. You're saying that these things, uh, okay, well, yeah, I could do this. I could file that paperwork. And you're, uh, from a mathematical point of view, you're saying that this is a, what would be considered a distributive process. Uh, the sequence, what, what that means is that the sequence of events is irrelevant. Uh, I can, I can add, subtract, multiply, or divide at any point in time in any, in any combination without a specific order of sequence. And it'll always come out to the right answer. Well, that's that's incorrect. Uh, you you could do that with addition. Uh, you can do that with multiplication. But you can't do it with the, the other combinations of these other functions. So you have to get. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, Roger. I'm I'm, I'm using a, a duck analogy twice. And, <laughs> in consecutive days, you kind of have to get your ducks in a row, so uh, so that it, it, it's in mathematics we would call it an associative 
uh, process, uh, sequence of order, orders of operation. Uh, uh, I also have an engineering background. So I, I, I design, before I, before I do the math, I, I, I work out a design. I don't do the math before I do the design. I don't try to program something before I've done the engineering. I have to use an associative process. I have to use a orderly system of, of sequences and events that uh, result in, in a, a, cum, a cumulative process, cumulative process that results in a repeatable uh, result. Uh, order a sequence. Uh, and, and that's really, that's the kind of thing I'm hearing. Now, from a human factors point of view, what I'm hearing, okay, so I address the mechanical or the engineering aspect of it. From a human factors point of view, uh, I had to work with people of varying backgrounds, races, ethnicities, religions, uh, socioeconomic experience, and hear them and, and you know, in a cockpit. You, you want safety and you want communication. Without communication, you don't have safety. You, you, you can't be effective. And what we learned over 100 years of aviation was um, uh, the, usually the pe reason people die in, in uh, crew environments is that they don't communicate with each other properly. So it's lethal. It, people die from it. So uh, what we had to identify was uh, a, a way to uh, facilitate uh, learning how people communicate with each other and what our communication style is, uh, what our techniques were, uh, how do we trap errors. If our objective is to do right, if the objective, what's the objective? The objective in always every case, every time, all the time, in every situation in aviation is to do right. Doing right means safety and effectiveness. Now, uh, what has killed a lot of people over a long time was not only, not, it wasn't that they didn't want to do right, but they had to be right associated with doing right. Very seldom does that ever occur. It's easy to do right when you can be right at the same time. <laughs> Uh, sometimes, in order to do right, you have to be objective about your subjective. This is this is a function of uh, well experience. You know, if you survive it, after a while you learn it. Uh, the Colorado Freeman or the Montana Freeman didn't learn it in time. Okay. Lavoy Finicum, Lavoy Finicum didn't learn it in time. Uh, there's a lot of dead people. Uh, Weaver, uh, he didn't learn it in time. Okay, right. through their experience. Branch Davidians. Okay, uh, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to share. Yeah, there's many many examples. What I'm trying to share with you, uh, I, I'm not being accusatory. I'm not. I'm not trying to impugn anybody here. I'm sharing with you the experience of human factors and training and. And, and what this is, is there, there's a maxim, okay? And the maxim was that everybody that left my, my CRM, Crew Resource Manual uh, uh, program, was to do right, 
not to be right. And, yeah, and that both. will save lives. You can. Sometimes you can be, but you have to define what the priority is. And so many people, so many people prevent themselves from doing right because their ego gets involved in it and they have to be right before they can do right. And it's an ego problem. And egos kill. They kill. They destroy. That gets to Christianity and why we all got to be humble before our Lord and Savior, right? There you go. And so that's the question. The question is that I recommend everybody perpetually ask themselves, not, 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 not just you, not just me, not just anybody who's listening, ask yourself this question. Am I being objective about the subjective? If you can't say yes, you need to step back. Charles, my okay. suggestion, and, and I'll be happy to answer any of your questions, but it's hard for me to answer your questions when you're in this other inf- in, incorrect frame of mind, in my opinion. So go back and listen to the Deanna Spingola and or Tom D. interviews that are on the website and get the basis of what we're dealing with correctly, and then I can address your questions. But with me sitting here and trying to hear what you've learned that's not correct over 40 years and your assumptions uh, from it is like Daryl was saying, we're talking past each other. Well, I agree we seem to be talking past each other and I'm sorry about that. Well, that's okay. I mean, look, there's a whole, there's millions of people in your condition right now that I'd love to get to and try and straighten out. Some of them are unstraightenable is what I'll tell you right off the bat. Cause I've come in contact with a number of them. This message only resonates with evidently the proper people because with some it doesn't register at all. With some it registers partially. With some they call me dirty names. But you know what, Charles? I've got a 12-and-a-half-year successful unblemished track record with the Secretary of State. Does that mean anything? It sounds good to me. I don't contest that. Okay, so if he, as the head guy, can't object, then my conclusion after 12 and a half years of no blowback is that it's pretty well got to be correct. Is it, would, you, would you agree with that? I'm sure your process is solid for, for bringing us back as a, a national. Well, it's bringing us back as a country. But we got to get enough people doing it and understanding it where they can help spread it and teach it. And now we're all on the same page, and now we're formidable. When you're a serf and you can yell, I'm a free man standing on the land, and the SWAT team still comes in and busts down your door, then maybe you're not correct. Right. So and that's... Big issue is the uh, SWAT team's going to come and bust down our door, and if they do, are they going to respect that magic paperwork affidavit that you got there? Well, I can tell you this: in twelve and a half years, we've never had one. Uh, any, let, let me put it this way: I have no idea how many people have filed this paperwork. They don't come to me; they just do it. Okay, but I do know this, and I'm going to get your agreement. I would, I'd like to see if you agree with me that if any of them had any problems in their life that they even remotely associated with filing this paperwork, that they'd find a way to get a hold of me. Do you agree with that? 
Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, I've never had one of those calls in 12 and a half years. I've seen some pretty piss poor attempts from the federal government at bluffing people to see how much they know in passport applications and and whatnot. But all of those have been overcome very easily, really. Okay. So they recognize this and there's no blowback in 12 and a half years that's ever been even one incident reported to me. Where we have our problems is local fiefdoms where you got a judge in the area and he's connected with the mayor and they act like kings and they know everybody is under their will and beck and call and they are the local fiefdoms we have problems with because they don't want to admit they don't have all that power. Roger, I have a question for Charles. Let Charles respond, then you can ask his question. Go ahead, Charles. Thank you. Uh, uh, um, A lot of the problems on that local level you're talking about, Roger, are are from the local municipal city police, and technically the county governments are functioning under a municipal franchise also. They're not proper common law jurisdictions, and there's a hair conflict between the Roman Empire municipal civil statutory on the one side and our common law on the okay. other side. Well, up to this point, they okay. don't know they don't know all this. All they know is everybody is under their jurisdiction. And I can we can prove this cuz we've confronted a number of these local officials and they don't know what to do with this. If we empower the precincts properly, um, uh, justice of the peace courts, um, uh, 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 that will provide the local confused officials not, with guidance and direction not, as not, to how to constitutionally proceed. Not unless um, all of you have filed paperwork and remove, and changed your status. You're not going to have any effect, brother. How many? Uh, what yeah, effect? What effect? Looking for answers, well, they don't know what the answers are. Well, I'm trying to give them to you. Charles. No, no them. them. The, the local de facto's at the city and the county. Well, that's when you take your affidavit in and confront it with them. That's why in our process we put them on notice after you filed with the Secretary of State. That's why we do all those things. Merka, what's your comment? I just wanted to share with Charles. Um, I want to ask him a question. I want to ask him if he's willing to listen to those two interviews. One, the Spengola and the other one, the Schroeder video that explains what exactly what happened to the U.S. citizens. And then come back and talk about it. I think I'm uh, all familiar with the material. Um, I, I know Gene Schroeder's work and John Quaid's work. Okay. You're familiar well, with John- it, but the, the, video, the video is going to explain in detail what has happened and needs to be reviewed nope. in order to have a good picture of what has happened. Okay. John, John uh, well, just a minute, if you would. John Quaid thought that jurisdiction came from you having a federal mailbox on your property. Do you agree with that too, Charles? Well, yeah. Well, it's um, wrong. Roger. Roger, I think there's some common ground here. First I'd sure off, like for us to find it. That filing the affidavit is essential, okay? However, the problem that we have is after we file the affidavit, we throw it in the dirt and step on it because we enter back into their system by not being at common law. 
So this is where I think everything he's saying is increasingly valuable for how I see this whole matter. I agree with that, Samuel. I agree with that, but Charles needs to have a good picture of what's happening. May I ask Charles a question? Yes. Who's that, Joan? No, it's Murr. Oh, Murr. Where have you been? (laughs) I forgot what your voice sounded like. You hadn't been with us in so long. (laughs) Uh, Charles, were you trying to get in the Roger Seals Dutch Tango? There's a Charles 8854 was on the list there, but, you know, it's not open unless there's a moderator in there. And so it's open now. I'm in there. And I put the uh, links that Paul put in the conference call chat, which will go away in the Roger Sales Tango chat. So you can find them in there. And as long as there's a moderator in there, you can, you know, type things in there too, links or, or whatever, ask questions and, you know, they can be brought up. But um, I, I just wondered if that was you, Charles 8854. I think it was, it's gone now, whoever it was. Okay. Were you trying to get in there? Um, yes. Oh, good. Okay, good. Well, come back. Come, come back, back and get in. Come back. Charles, we want to help you, man. And I'm not telling you that you're not wrong, but I'm not telling you, and I'm telling you that you're not right because you don't have this one critical little element. You've been a serf since birth under this system, and every time they ever ask you, you agreed with them and told them you'd get the consent to govern me in that manner. Now, you got to undo that. That's the part of the contract you can undo. You do it by submitting. I mean, it's this simple. I, Charles from Texas, do solemnly swear uh, to be a national and not a citizen of the United States. That's all you have to tell them. That's from the State Department website, by the way. Okay? But once you do that, then everything you're talking about is correct. But up to that point, it's not. Because... Because U.S. citizens have consented to being a resident and a citizen. And under the 14th Amendment, they only have civil rights. They do not have political rights. God-given rights. rights. Yeah. That don't was, be offended. Don't be offended that you're asked, uh, you know, that you always said yes to being a citizen and a resident. Because we, we all did that. We didn't I, know better. You know, I no, think that's a... That's a big stumbling block for God's people is they don't want to admit Satan's tricked them here. I mean, Charles, in the big picture, what has happened here, I mentioned it earlier, Esau Edom has tricked us out of out of our birthright. That's the big picture of what's going on here. Okay, so now we know the trick. Take it back. This is Sketch. Roger, we have, we have Sketch, and I have a comment for Charles okay. afterwards. Sketch, we don't, we're running out I, of time. Yeah, I, I just, they, go ahead. I'm sorry. The hardest thing for me was to look in the mirror and say, I was a patsy. I was a patsy, and I didn't. I volunteered. I consented. That was the hardest thing for me to overcome. I yield hard thing for some people to overcome this is a slick little system they've set up you know how slick it is nobody in all the years that people have been trying to fight this have ever figured it out that's how slick it is we have all been kidnapped and trafficked from birth yes that's the i think the missing point uh in becoming uh an involuntary uh surf. Uh, 
and then they ask you the question and get your agreement to the silent contract. That's what's going on. It's important to know, though, that once you do this, just keep going forward. That's in the past. I mean, Paul said that in the Bible, right? And look what he did, right? As Saul, he's killing Christians and everything else, right? But once you learn, you move on and you're self-responsible. That's the major thing. You know, like you're your own child, right? You want to keep them out of traffic and stuff. <laughs> so, Charles, we want to help you, man. I mean, you, you, Amendment, they eliminated the common law and gave us equity and yeah. now we're in all kinds of I other mean, forms. People that with, was done to destroy the Christian country that we had. Correct. It was in common law. And that's how things were decided. Correct. Well, actually, that's, the country's that's, never been Christian. The people have been, but not the country. Sorry. Well, it was initially when you oh, had to I'm take an oath to hold office. And, that, Murr, if you, if you take care of your matters with your neighbor, according to as close as we can get to biblical law, which is the common law, right. he has said the truth would be written on our hearts. It's and we know the difference between right and wrong, and this system does not allow us to do it. Right, but I'm saying the system has been from the beginning. The more you study, the more you learn. It's always the people that have been better than this. Okay, Charles, we're about to run out of time. Charles, we're about to run out of time, okay? We've got to get back to a system that is as good as we can get as flawed men, and that was the common law. And that you, was as important for them to eliminate as put in the 13th and 14th Amendment. Sure. Well, that's what the 13th and the 14th Amendment did. Okay? There is no going back. You were either under God's laws or you're under man's laws. And you've agreed every time they ever ask you in your adult life that you're under man's laws and you got civil rights, not God-given rights. They can't be the same. One of them comes from man. The other comes from God. They're absolutely diametrically opposed. You're always under God's law. Yeah, and, Just because and, you let some men come between you. You can go back God. to God anytime you want, and that's what the common law is, And, and that's it's what our God. process does for Charles, okay? No, you know, We're not going back, God honey. Can I get in the conversation? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Why am. not? It's like going to motor vehicles on the first of the month at lunchtime on a Friday over here. Okay. Uh, I wanted to say a pertinent point that will happen with any new person that we bring, as we're seeing here with Charles, and it's something I learned personally. When I moved here in the hood to this boarding house, they couldn't hook me up an eighth cable box, and I wound up just having an Ethernet cable and no cable and no TV. The deal is everything we know, it's not just the law and the disinfo from things. Everything we know in this life is a lie. It's not just that we've been tricked into giving up our God-given rights for these privileges. Everything we know is a lie. There's nothing real. Every single thing is a fake corporate. It's all illusion. It's all illusion based on the fact that they put us in the shirt. Please, I tried to get in for 10 minutes. Please, it's personal experience that's related to anybody that's going to come in and see reality. Okay, please just give me three minutes to. to the we deal have, is, Scotty, we don't have three minutes left in the program. Uh, then give me two minutes. Then the, I'm trying to make 
I'd speak. Okay, please listen. The, 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 now, what I figured out is you can't take your brain. It's like a, a pot of something that spoiled food. You can't mix coloring and spices and stuff with that tainted food. And that's what's going on in all of our brains. Everything in our brain is a lie. You have to purge the lies to put the good information in it. And that's the difficult point. We never get those lies to address them. We don't know what is good and what is bad anymore because we don't have any reality. We have a fake corporate structure with words that are trickery. So I got to a point I couldn't state it clearly, but that's what's going on. Nobody's had the ability to purge the disinfo from the brain to put the good info in to process it. Every time you try to process the real information, it mixes with the lies. That's what happens when we speak to somebody. We're challenging everything they know. So I'll yield there. I wasn't able to make the point clearly, but I did touch on it a bit. I, I yield. Thank okay, you. well, there's our whistler. So we're finished with the day. I was going to go in to uh, something that would have been very meaningful for Charles, which is the deep state, the administrative state, where it came from, how it operates, and how it imposes man-made laws on us. But we didn't get to that today. Okay? So maybe we can get to it tomorrow. I guess it remains to be seen. Charles, if you want to come back and join us, we're on Saturdays too. But please listen to both of those interviews before you do. And then we can address your questions properly without the crosstalk, and we'll be on the same page. Okay? We're not on the same page right now. I appreciate that effort, Roger. I do look forward to uh, communicating more fully with you Listen, man, you got all that time and all these things you're doing out there. I want you to be effective. Right now, you can't be. I want you to be totally effective. Okay. What part of Texas, by the way? Central Texas, small town and county called Coleman. Okay, close to Austin, probably. Uh, stay out of there. Uh, anyway, hopefully we'll see you back tomorrow, Charles, and we can come back and really discuss some of these things. The only reason I know this is my law teacher spent 40-plus years of his life studying the law, but not in law school. He read the old stuff. That's why I know these things. Okay? So we're going to lay our bodies down here for Friday, and uh, we're going to see you if you care to join us tomorrow. See you then. Bye.